bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to the Weird Things Podcast. I'm Adrian Mead, joined by Brian Brushwood. Hello. Justin Robert Young. Hey, friends. I'm Mr. Bryce Castillo. Hello, everybody. All right. We're going to do a speed round of guess what? Okay. Okay. All right. Ready. Ready. This took place in Austria. Okay. Okay. The, the you know. The birth the of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep. Nailed it. So mm-hmm. it's one down. One down. All right. Man. Yep. Sitting on toilet. Okay. What happened? In Austria. Yes. Uh, they the got toilet. No snakes. Ex- eh, no snakes. No spiders. You Only clocks. Think- we, uh, you're- a clockwork snake spider. A clockwork snake spider? Yeah. What's that? It's a spider snake that's made of clockwork. It's an artificial clockwork spider snake. Like a steampunk thing? Yeah. It's got to be, right? But why would it be with the guy on the toilet? Why do you think Arnold Schwarzenegger left? Because he was tired of steampunk-themed uh, uh, by I mean, so, clearly bionics. some of us have read Total Recall, the autobiography <laughs> of Arnold Schwarzenegger, in which he says, <laughs> which he quite says, plainly, I, I really want to be a farmer. I just think it's hacky. Why, but, why but, is everything weird there and is steampunky? So many, yes, exactly. I just don't like exposed gears. I, ha- I knew Stephen I had Lane. to come to L.A. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I, I think the toilet exploded. <laughs> the goggles—they do nothing. Yeah. My eyes. <laughs> I think it's uh, yeah. I think I think the toilet uh, 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 exploded because it was filled with helium. You're not even trying. Actually, I don't know. Like, I could see a pre- pressure differential. Like, like, like. If you're trying to lure us into the old trap of spiders and snakes, I, 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 I'm not believing it in Austria just because the elevation is too high. Um, so absent that. Wait, spiders don't exist in high places? I don't know if they do or don't. I don't remember ever seeing one. Well, you just said it with, with, a, with a tremendous confidence that like, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, it's very high. No spiders, no snakes. I mean, that's look, this is my process. No, this I know. Yeah. Oh, I'm not saying things. that you're right or wrong. Saying, I'm saying you said it very confidently. And so I assumed you were totally like, like that you knew what was going on. This is like like Meredith Vieira asking the rationale for me saying C and then questioning why I eliminated A, B and D. <laughs> I'm just backing up. OK, all right, all right. I'm not saying there's no snakes in Austria. I'm not saying there's no spiders yes. in Austria, sure. but I'm saying that Austria is definitely a landlocked country that's very high up in, in the sky. So I, 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 for the first time, even though those are normally number one and number two of our go to answers. Yeah, I'm refusing. No, I, I'm, I'm I am. I am personally uh, 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 Meredith eliminating these two. And and so and, and what's left is. I actually think you're on to something with an air pressure differential because yeah. it's at a high elevation. I think it's snakes and spiders. <laughs> <sighs> All right. You ready? Yeah. Yes. So, uh, 
man sits down it's the morning mm-hmm. 65 on his throne a man's down throne. To throne and uh 65 i assume is his age not the temperature because it's metric yeah, right. It'd be lower. Six yeah, that would be very hot. Yeah, there. Yeah, it's it's six a.m. What's that a metric, Brian? Um, I believe that is one thousand three hundred beats after meridian. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes total sense. He sits down, his toilet. You know, he's got his newspaper. Like what, uh, Bryce? What's an Austrian newspaper? <laughs> the Austrian Times, of course. Yeah, and they love the it Austrian there. American Chronicle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sits down. You know. Goes to you know, the toboggan section, times. yeah, to, to read the toboggan scores from the previous <laughs> yeah, exactly. day. And, yeah, it is season. Know, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see what's going on here. Hey! Wait, hold um, on, and, and it's like, uh, uh, first, before we get there, I want to check. I always like to check in on the Matterhorn report, which, uh, okay. ironically, is an opinion section. Also, I don't think the Matterhorn is in Austria, which is... No, it's a little weird that you put it's, that there. It's kind of, kind of an ironic thing they do. Yeah, they're kind of taking it back. But, but, they're taking but, the Matterhorn but, but, back. If, let me read the Matterhorn report. You're like, is it just me? Or are there more things going clockwork these days? I used to have a biological pencil. Now it's a mechanical one. Wow. It's written normally, but you still everyone reads it in that voice. In it's that, so in interesting. Yeah. Voice. Exactly. It's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And instead of yeah. instead of a ticking clock, it's it's a, a drops of water. Yeah. <laughs> so he sits down, pulls up in the paper, and he gets bit in the genitals. Yeah. Yeah. By what? By what? By what? Yeah, pythons exist in the mountains, sneaking and squirming all the way uh, through the toilets. An albino reticulated python, apparently a nape. This is, folks, then I saw blood in this area. Good Lord. Uh, This man's very calm about it. Um, Apparently, it's a five-foot python, by the way. And apparently, the neighbor had a bunch of snakes, and one of them got loose and (gasps) crawled through the toilet. All right. Hold on. It's not even wild. It was a loose snake. Hold on. Hold on. I mean, imagine being at the bar. You're like, I got a riddle for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> What's five feet long and attached to these testicles? <laughs> <laughs> I got an answer. It's a python. Yeah. And it's on the loose, it's baby. An, it's an Austrian python. And my, my neighbor's got some explaining to do. <laughs> I mean, for the record, she's the one that said it after me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who's Who's got a reason to call the cops and uh, a, a toilet full of blood? The me, baby, me. I mean, I'm going to start selling, like, snake grates for the bottom of your toilet. <laughs> surprised, I mean, I'm surprised we don't have something like that i would love it if they just put them in dive bars just to just to like you know make it seem more dangerous than it is like like just you know a uh, 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 please do not move grates for snakes oh my god that's actually super metal okay so uh, well animal i mean cru- you better you'd hope it was metal maybe no, 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 plastic no. if you wanted to cut corners animal cruelty aside i could totally picture like an art exhibit 
where uh, at all of the urinals, it'd have to be urinals, you would have a grate that would prevent them from being flushed, but it's nothing but just eels writhing. And that's oh, so you're saying on. you're putting them in there. You're putting yeah. eels like, yeah, into the I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that you do it like so it, it can, you know, like make you seem like you're really cool. Like, like it's like, oh, like why Sorry, is there grates I, in the toilet? Oh, for the snakes. Oh, no, no, no. Put the snakes yeah. in there. Have the grates to keep the snakes there. Now yes. you're really, really cool. No, yes. Yeah. Now, now you're sell a Warhol for, you know, that, for that negative money art. cool. Yes, yeah. that, is, that is high art. Yes. I'm sorry. You're describing a, a barrel full of snakes to pee in? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Here in yeah. Texas, we pee on, uh, uh, people go out and for 99 cents, they get a bag of ice and they, they put it in the urinals. It's that. But with like eels or snakes. Yeah, uh, they didn't name the bad guys. In, they, they didn't name the I bad guys in GI Joe Ice Bag. <laughs> I object to everything we're hearing right now. Why? They probably love it. They would probably no, love Brian. being in no, captured not, and peed on. <laughs> do you know what snakes do? Yeah, they wiggle around whenever I pee on them. <laughs> well, uh, there you go. Okay, all right. Sorry, fire ant mounds. You actually build living fire ant mounds. Oh, this is oh, personal. No. This is now you're just getting your personal yayas out here. All right, all right. Just a year from now, we see Brian like get arrested because he's throwing like kids ant farms into toilets. All right. Die for not, not to defense the indefensible and the horrendous. Yeah, but. It is worth pointing out that one of the things that they started doing in urinals to get people to go straight was they put the little decal of the flies. Yeah. You ever see that? Yeah. Yep. Bug yep, decal. yep. Yep. Okay. Fine. They're robot snake. Taking it back now. Clockwork snakes. <laughs> okay. Okay. That just wiggle. Yeah. When you, but okay. So you so you go to Universal uh, uh, Halloween Horror Nights. You go to to uh, Hogwarts, right? And it's just like, oh dear, make sure to be on the 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 real magic snakes. And they all sit there not moving. <laughs> A lot and of. And then you pee on them, and then they all start wiggling. Yeah. Are you, so no, explain no, to me no, 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 about no, no, any no. of this. I, I love. I mean, what, I love this idea one. mostly because I wouldn't do it at Universal. I would do it at Disney and I would have a tiki room style little like banter between the two. Like Nathan Lane's like, hey, look at the snake over here. Like, and then, or it's you start being it, they go, <laughs> so uh, you put us in a very awkward position. Okay. Because we have to do our little sponsorship read. And there's yes. people that are going, I was. But I don't want people thinking that I encourage this sort of strange, deviant idea. So yeah. instead, go to our Patreon if you're against <laughs> this kind of yes. thing. Yes, if you would like to protest against the concept of putting snakes in urinals, either by robotics or uh, 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 real snakes, then go to Weird Things Patreon at patreon.com slash Weird Things. Uh, you can support the show. You can make sure that we keep doing it each and every week. We love you. And make sure that if you are a patron, that you enter in your custom RSS feed into the podcatcher of your choice. And you will get the bonus episodes up to and including our After Things podcast, which happens after Weird Things, where we talk about all sorts of, uh, of entrepreneurial and creative uh, pursuits and questions. Patreon.com slash weird things. So this was pretty cool. This was sent by Stephen Greenhill. And it's just it's a video of uh what happens when a zookeeper leaves a broom alone with a chimpanzee. 
Any guesses? Uh oh. Uh oh. I mean, this sounds like hijinks. I mean, so like, dude, I'm 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 gonna guess. He looks left, looks right, and begins to sweep. Oh, right, Brian. Like, do you, is that what you do when you see a broom? Yeah. It's your natural instinct to clean? Well, I mean, if I... I feel like you're laying a trap for me, but um, we've <laughs> me? seen... Me? Lay a trap for you, Brian? <laughs> we've seen many times that, that uh, chimpanzees and apes of all, uh, all of the great apes have um, uh, delighted in emulating human behavior. Uh, so I would imagine that that would be that's my that's my guess. I'm gonna lock it in. Oh, so you would do it too, and so you're saying you're great that you are great, Brian, by being a great ape. Are you? Uh, you're you're great. You're the greatest ape. It's like the saying, world's Brian? greatest showman. I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I, 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 we're talking mm-hmm. about we're talking about zoo animals, right? Are we, Brian? Are we? <laughs> I don't know anymore. What's going on? I I feel like I I I I stepped astray, and I'm not sure where I where I went wrong. Well, somebody just said that. Oh, I would pick it up and start doing this, like all great apes, and like oh, somebody's got a he pretty finds, high wait, He finds your claim to be a bit boastful. Wait, aren't yeah, great apes like chimpanzees and silverback gorillas? And uh, maybe I don't know my apes. I don't. I I certainly don't. Well, there's nothing technically wrong with what you said, Brian. <laughs> okay. There was a tone to it. Wrong. There was a tone to <laughs> Oh, it. my God. Okay. Bryce, do you have this clip yet? Uh, I do have this clip oh. here. We've got it up oh. on from, from Reddit. Nope. Wait. First, you accidentally defined great ape. Let's go ahead and read that definition, Bryce. <laughs> okay. This is from um, Google.com. A large ape of the family closely related to humans, including the gorilla, orangutan, and chimpanzees, but excluding the gibbons, an anthropoid uh, ape. Hey, do a, do a search for brushwood in there, Bryce. Can you just do a command search for brushwood? Or even Brian. I'll do Brian. Yeah. Well, so brushwood would be considered undergrowth twigs, small branches typically used for firewood or kindling. Yeah. Uh, no, not, not, not a great ape. Not great ape material. Sorry. Just do Brian brushwood broom. And actually, <laughs> just let's see what comes up when we do Brian brushwood broom. Mm, the dictionary is not giving us anything. Mm, how about this? What would mm. Brian Brush would do if he picked up a broom? Okay, this this is this is going too far. Okay. We've got the we've yeah, got okay. the video here on Reddit. Here we go. <laughs> Was I exactly right? You son. You're exactly right. No, he's actually dead wrong because the ape did not look left and looked. Oh crap! <laughs> As you were All saying, right. it looked All like right. Look right. Hey, what about the windows? What about the windows? <laughs> I got the, oh, window. the windows too. That little guy, look at him go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what am I supposed to do, Brian, when you kill the bit <laughs> sorry. by getting it right away? <laughs> sorry, that's fine. That's fine. You, did, you did the exact right yeah. thing, which is torture me. <laughs> um, uh, we, we've seen a bunch of stories about stuff like, um, uh, 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 forgive me, great apes. Um, uh, uh, seeing humans do things like to cool themselves off, they'll take a wash rag and kind of wash it over their face. They're like, ah, that's nice. And then they're like, oh, let me try that. And then they're like, ah. And then uh, uh, similarly, uh, I can never get enough of watching uh, any type of ape uh, be amazed by magic. That That is one of the things that makes me, like like they their ability to have object, a sense of object permanence and to yeah. be amazed when it's gone, chef's kiss. I... When I was a little boy, we had this like uh, like a surplus store, 
like all kinds of weird surplus. And once I went in there and there was a bag, there was a little plastic monkey. I'm like, yes. And there are little these came with these another little envelope. But I got it home. I put the plastic monkey down. And I noticed he had a hole in his big a hole in his mouth. And I open up the little bag. And they're little tiny cigarettes. <laughs> and it turns out you could put them in there and light them, and he would smoke the cigarette. Wow. You ever seen Novelty Smoking Monkey? Uh, yeah. Which, uh, uh, more uh, or less uh, uh, ethical than actual the snakes? Oh, <laughs> I was, I thought you were going to say actual smoking monkeys. No, no. If we're talking My about robotic, if we're talking snakes. about ways, well, I mean, in the, in, you know, past the 90s, but before that, they did them real. <laughs> okay. Bryce, have you found this? I've, I found a toy. Yeah. I found a novelty smoking monkey. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, did yeah. we ever get a, re- a result on Prime? <laughs> what would Prime Brush would do with a broom? <laughs> yeah. Wait, what would If you I click do? on like all the know. images, you'll see you a lot more of these. That's an entire, it's an entire genre. Yeah, there's of... a Wikipedia page for smoking monkey toys. <laughs> it's this... like. That's amazing. Smoking monkeys, I mean, just anything, drunk monkeys, smoking monkeys, like that really was its own genre of entertainment for like decades. Yeah, I didn't know there that many of them. There's a lot of, look at the, all the images for the Google search that, that for this. That feels you like know? it need, like that, that it was at some point, like something famous. Like it, it's something that either through like, like a circus act or something like that, like was just an iconic Thing that then we now know as like, oh, this is just a funny element, a well, relic well, of, a, of a time gone by. Th- think about things that, that we humans really enjoy seeing uh, great apes of all varieties engage in. Like just now we had a giggle because, you know, somebody was using a broom. Yeah. Um, now imagine it's highly addictive to use the broom and there's really only three steps to use the broom. They involve tapping out a cigarette putting it in your mouth, lighting it with the lighter, and then smoking it either American style or European style. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, if, if, if the giggle humans are getting is, uh, uh, look at apes, they're being like us, then that's, that's a pretty fast track to get there. Oh, no, no, no. I, I think that the only thing that, much in the same way that now... Like, you know, like, uh, like, oh, get away, kid, you bother me. Like, now that's just old-timey entertainer guy and not W.C. Fields. Right. Like, not, not like the joke is like, wow, he's really being abusive to that kid. Yeah, there's just like, it, but, but even like beyond that, you would just do a character that acts like that and you would never give credit to the fact that that was a famous guy Then that was like his act, right? Right. Like, I almost feel like there's so much iconography around the idea of a smoking, a monkey smoking cigarettes that at some point that was like, a, it was like the great Bonzo or whatever. And, and now uh, uh, time has just passed by and maybe it was pre-television or, or movies. And, and now it's just, oh, there's just a lot of merchandise for a smoking monkey. Well, well here, let me, let, me, let me throw this out here and, and you can let me know if this resonates with you, Andrew. Um, uh, man, I should really go back and find out which book I read it in, but, but there was that one book on how to write comedy that I read 10 years ago that made an offhanded statement that I've never seen replicated. I've never been able to Google the source of where it came from, but it flatly stated that we only anthropologists 
say that we only laugh in two situations. We laugh when we feel surprised and we laugh when we feel superior. And uh, a, a, a toddler falls down, um, that is both. We're both surprised and we feel superior. A to yeah. toddler acts sassy like a grown-up, we, we feel superior, like, oh, look at that. Uh, 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 smoking monkeys, kind of both. Uh, it's 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 that double it's surprising. Now, nowadays, uh, though, we th there's enough concern for the environment and for how humans are, you know, you know, running uh, roughshod over everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that that it's uh, softened that. But I would imagine 20 or 30 years ago, uh, uh, yeah, as Pendulette said for decades, there's nothing funnier than a smoking monkey. I. My problem, I've heard, I had an acting teacher that, that brought that up that said, oh, the all humor is based on cruelty. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. I'm like, I don't think that's true. Like, like you know, why the chicken cross the road? Get the other side. Where's the cruelty in oh, there? No, no, where's no. the part that, of that, that? That's why surprises is why. I know. I'm going to get to surprise. The yeah, problem okay. with surprise is everything. That that means any unforeseen consequence counts as surprise. So that's that's a hard kind of sort of thing. And then it's like, you get into like awkward timing or, you know, cause awkwardness isn't necessarily cruelty. And sometimes you, when you realize when you laugh at yourself, like, well, that was silly. And it's, is it, you know, maybe superior versus future and past self. But the problem is the the surprise is just sort of the wishy-washy thing. Like, well, yeah, it's, it's a, a thing that I did not know was on the other side of the equation. That's all drama. You know, that's every storytelling is involves in some sort of, I did not foresee that or things did not line up where that was my expectation. So yeah, I, I, I do see where Brian is coming from in the like, if we get away from scripted entertainment, like comedy as an art form and more look at humor as a reaction, as like, mm -hmm. you know, a, a physical thing that happens in the way that people cough. Uh, uh, if, if there's some element of like, OK, well, what is. You know, and, and even Andrew, your, your point is well made that it's like, all right, well, surprise is a little broad that's every everything that's kind of crazy uh, that 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 is not in our pattern recognizing maybe the phrase uh necessary but not sufficient would apply here where it's like um if you don't feel superior when you when you're laughing either at the past you or the future or the fictitious person or whatever yeah uh then you at least have to be surprised and 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 I, I I still I think it's we're going on ten years of me trying to crack this code of any time I laugh where I'm not feeling surprised or superior in in a you know ethereal kind of way. Well, I, I guess that's I think that's any time you've been entertained, you've been surprised. Any time your brain has had a little dopamine hit, it's because of surprise. So that's that's my right. problem with that. Like, well, it's such a narrow, it's such a broad. Yes, any any new stimulus. It's either it's either cruelty or a new stimulation, like, right? Well, which again, which is why I'm saying necessary but not sufficient. And and it's not yeah. saying that like like anytime you're laughing, you are. Uh, 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 this is top down, not bottom up. I'm not saying that if you surprise someone, they're gonna laugh, and I'm not right. saying that that if you feel superior to someone, you're gonna laugh. Uh, what I am saying that if you are laughing. Uh, I, I have yet to find an example that you are not also feeling either surprise or superiority. No, I, I agree. I, but I, I'd say that anytime your brain has a little fire because of a video game or anytime you have a stimulation in your brain, it's because of 
surprise or some you 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 didn't see the end and that's why i'm that's why i'm starting to like i agree you're 100 you're right but i'm like that surprise is so it applies to just about anything we enjoy any stimulation anything like a musical song or something like that feels to me like it's just like well yeah that's the brain going oh i didn't see that that's cool and either Actually, i'm gonna laugh at it or smile if if maybe we can dive in a little we, we we could bow out at any moment but but like a song that you've heard a hundred times uh, let's say a really good, you know, EDM techno song or whatever, like when, when, when the beat drops, when the bass drops or whatever, when, when you get that buildup and that ecstatic explosion, you're not surprised by it, but you, same as a joke, you you've laughed at a thousand times. It. though. same as a joke, you've laughed at a thousand times. though. Justin watching coffin flops over and over again. Oh, he feels he, superior he knows- the entire time though. About he, every, flops? Yes. Every single time you watch Coffin no. Flops, you feel superior. No. You don't feel superior to the sad man who's begging Spectrum to let him back on. I, you, oh, don't okay. feel, all right, all right. you don't feel superior guess, to the I dead guess. naked bodies flopping out of coffins over. You're smiling even as I describe well, them. Because so, it's okay, the greatest so, go, go I've on. ever seen. <laughs> uh, uh, no, no, okay, I'll soften that point. I, I, I don't. Uh, I can't deny that there is an element of like, okay, I would rather not be the dead body. I'm happy I'm not the dead body. Which of the characters in Coffin Flops do you secretly hold at a higher station than yourself and you wish that you could be instead of yourself? Just name any of the characters in Coffin I, oh, Flops oh, that you I, feel like well, is at right, a higher sorry, status as, than as, you. As, as, the, as, as, as the only guy on this panel, with apologies to Bryce, that hasn't gotten a show on television, that I would, <laughs> I would uh, maybe for you guys, you're like, yeah, I, I, I would kill myself if I got put on Corncom TV. Uh, uh, but I would no, no, take no. it. I've been working a long time to get a hit on Corncom TV. Uh, uh, no, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't really have I, I'll, I'll take your i'll take your prescription on <laughs> oh that my god hold on I, but i would say like Bryce, I Bryce that sniping bit. from this side uh uh i edited scam school pilots the air and on science oh i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> justin no. you've been in well unaired pilots yeah oh yeah no plenty oh interesting plenty of unaired pilots like. yeah oh no yeah plenty of uh, uh just so close you know like you know offered I, to be on television declined uh so like yeah uh, I would say that, like, like when I watch Coffin Flots, I'm thinking of the production. I'm laughing at the lengths that they went and just impressed. Yeah. I'm just, it's like that. It's kind of like when somebody does something brilliant or you're like hysterical, like, I can't, this is amazing what you did. And for me, it's like, as I'm watching flop after flop after flop, and I'm imagining that production and putting this thing together. <laughs> and it's just like, I can't say I feel superior because I'm in awe. I'm in awe of the fact I, of like, and you look at the list but, of stuntmen who did all that. And then you're like, I, I would say that the more you think about it, the more you're like, man, I'm really surprised the lengths they went oh, to. It's surprised. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm definitely I mean, surprised. And yeah, I don't know if we're just. But every time I watch into, it. Yeah, if we're just going to turn into it, uh, I think you should leave dissertation, but like, comedically what works for me there is like andrew said there is an element of like good god how many of these set pieces did they do how well they're executed and the fact that they are so percussive i mean like there is there is an element to comedy that is rhythm and there is just like 
this like just insane cacophony of sound that happens every time that they go to it. And then you pair that with the fact that Tim, one of Tim Robinson's things that he's better at than maybe any comedic performer ever is that monologue vocal escalation where you just don't know where his brain's at or like where, you know, he's going to go next. But you know, when, when he's, he's just, you know, uh, uh, being like very defensive or accusatory, uh, uh, or just like this world's so sick, <laughs> like just, you know, moralistic. There's, there's so much there that it's always kind of winding. And then every once in a while or every, you know, separating it with this. Yes. Pity pitiable but that almost works against it right because you feel so like that's horrifying like like there is there's a level to that like it, and and they walk that a lot on that show where you're dealing with issues that are on very close to the wrong side of the line but yeah. but the well, innocence well, of the themes are always like uh this barrier between I mean, like, but 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 again, I would it I, I, I would say that what you're feeling is, I am so glad I'm not there to see this, and I feel, uh, I'm I, I feel relief and joy because again, like like um uh, 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 anthropologically, like uh, 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 from an evolutionary standpoint, uh, as I understand it, the purpose of laughter is you're out on a hunt with two or three other people, uh, and and then you hear a twig snap, all of you are on high alert. And then you see a, uh, you know, a, a, a silly ferret walk away that broke a twig. You, you experience relief. Yes. And, 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 and it's that, uh, it's that release that, that, that gives you so much joy. So likewise, when we see a, I think you should leave sketch where, where it's an awkward funeral and, uh, you know, the organs being played yes. in a wacky way, you, you uh, uh, again, necessary, but not sufficient. You're feeling superior and then like, I'm glad I'm not in that audience because I don't know how I would have kept it together. And that is something I see more clearly. Like that sketch specifically with the late great Fred Willard. Like yeah. uh, uh, that is one where you are building tension and then you are releasing it with these moments in a way that that coffin flops is is just it is one, you know, adrenaline shot uh, that that just kind of rides all the way through. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that like there is, there definitely is a formula to humor, right? Because we, we, and maybe it's evolving, maybe it's always changing, but like people can reliably write or produce comedy for a reason. I, I don't live in a hotel. <laughs> if that's not true, then everything else isn't true. And he never lived in a hotel. <laughs> rich. Very rich. Triples, that, that, triples so on the Nova. This, and the, 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 what, for Stingray? people who haven't watched, I think you should leave in season two. Uh, my two favorite were a sketch called Adult Ghost Tour, which is perfect. And then Dad's Friend with Bob Odenkirk, which I think is, if you want to study comedy, that's a textbook. It's just, it's so perfect because of just the character, all the elements Brian described, and then just the twist it goes. Both of them are great examples of like, ah, what an idiot. Ah, uh, I feel bad. And then in like ghost to her, like, oh, I am that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, 
Uh, it's me. It it's, was me all along. I'm that sad man I left. <laughs> it's it. I forget whether or not you texted me this, Andrew, but you said, you know, uh, uh, that I think you should leave is like pioneering a new like form of comedy with those sketches. And I would I would add the Claire sketch at the very end as well to that. But like the idea that you're going to mix in without because the, the thing that makes uh, especially the first two so special is that they they make you sit with the sadness at the end. Like the, the, yeah. the sadness is the punchline. That is the out, which on one level is like weirdly funny in that like sketch comedy is notoriously uh, uh, difficult to end. Like the ends of sketches are often kind of just weird, loud uh, uh, moments just to get you out of the scene. Uh, and, and this one is like, oh, well, what if we ended on like unfathomable sadness on like, you know, the best dramatic, uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the best dramatic uh, directors of our generation would have a hard time creating somebody so pathetic. Uh, yeah. it, it's, it's, it, it is exceptional. And, and I can't think it's, it's something where if you're going to start to talk about like the pantheon of sketch comedy, the greatest to ever do it never really thought about like, Oh, what if we took this in a totally other tonal direction and it worked? Like there's plenty of times where, where, where people do it and it's like, Oh, this is less than, or they're trying to be something they're not, but this is very much Tim Robinson. And, and even when you're like, Oh wow, that's crazy. It's like, I can't believe it. It, it pulls it off in, in the way that it does. It feels special. Yeah. The closest I could think was kind of kids in the hall. You know, they were not not this level, but they were pretty good at like what was great about Monty Python, what was good about the really good SNL stuff, and then kind of like following that character through a bit. But, I think to me, the legacy of Kids in the Hall is that they really cared about their characters, and there's yeah. a reason why they kept going back to these characters over and over and over again, and it did feel richer than you know the fiftieth time that SNL did the cheerleaders or or something yeah. like that, where you're just kind of running the same playbook over and over and over again. Uh, but at the same time, you know, every chicken lady sketch was, was, you know, it, it was, yeah, yeah, a, no, I agree. No, I agree. Version, I agree. but it was yeah. the same sketch, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, I think this is this. Yeah. To, to our point earlier. Like, yeah. No, yeah. I think what Tim Robinson is doing is really like that. Exactly. Ah, we laugh. Now we're going to yank the rug out from underneath you. And we're going to kind of make, you're going to humanize this person to such a level that you're going to go. Oh, <laughs> well, and, and like, you know, to to the point before, Brian, we're, we're, you're saying like, uh, uh, okay, like this is obviously a horrifying thing that you would not want to be a part of with like coffin flops or even like little buff boys. Like these are sketches of like- Speak for yourself. Yeah, but like we're dealing with Everybody like- Everybody clap for him so he has to come on stage. Like these are, you know, disrespect of the dead- and like borderline abuse of the children abuse <laughs> if not sexualization of yeah. children and uh, uh these are very unfunny and uncomfortable topics that are are played and the show itself has this innocence to it where like these characters you never feel like they get why it's wrong and so the there's this barrier 
to it that that makes it cool because there's a million very talented people that could do those sketches and they would come off as sinister and gross and weird and you would feel alienated from it and here you're like oh they're just very strange yeah sam richardson his conviction in that skit is just so all in all in (laughs) not winking i'm doing a character all in that this is normal to do a uh, pageant with kids that, in muscle suits. That sheen of sweat that he's rocking the entire time. Yeah. That, <laughs> that ridiculously gigantic bottle yeah, of water. The bodybuilder bottle. His insistence uh, that he needs to cut the music hard, hard. hard. <laughs> Look at that crop. That's a great crop. crop. Big crop. <laughs> Who's the carved, the carved beef? Who's that carved up ham? Who's carved up? <laughs> And it's like, and that's, that's like, you know, comedy, you know, the, the hardest part is like, don't try to be funny. And you, yeah. know, you get into comedy classes and like, ah, and some people are naturally funny and wacky and like, ah, I want to be like that. But the key is you're, you have that conviction for the character and you watch like some of the, like Sam Richardson, his, there's not part of him that you, you observe him waiting for the beat to make a joke or something. He's just, no, trust the material. Is going to be that he's guy. He's fully present, and 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 yeah, just uh, it's like the contrast has been turned up to eleven, and it's just like like no, no, I'm fully here. I'm fully here, even though I'm mm-hmm. saying these these uh, these bad practices for live events. <laughs> like like like, there's no massaging or trying to save any of this. You like, know, he he comes in in I think the final two or three seasons of Veep. And if you talk about a cast of like just comedy killers, it's like everybody who's not like a comedy, like just assassin are great dramatic actors that are being fed all the funny, super clever, like one liners. And he walks in with a, with an energy that is totally unlike any of them and just murders just every scene he's in, he's stealing it against like some of the best to ever do it. He is so, so, so talented. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is a preview of what we talk about in After Things, for anybody's curious. Yes. Um, as we, uh, but really, you need to watch this. You know, I think you should leave. Um, uh, yeah. Very adult humor. Gentlemen, yep. you know what happened yesterday? Sir uh, Richard Branson. Yeah. So, okay. I, I watched it live, and I was emotionally conflicted on many different vectors. First of all, the main horizon is... Um, first of all, we're all on team, everybody to space, private enterprise, going to space, hooray for everything for space. We, we've had nuanced discussions about what, what is the value of essentially a theme ride that is space-like versus actual payloads delivered to low earth orbit or, or, or off to the moon or whatever, um, Uh, We've also been spoiled because we've watched SpaceX do so many launches and those dudes have their game on lockdown when it comes to like, there's never a dropped frame on on a SpaceX. And I mean, the only reason that a frame is dropped is it's because a rocket is exploding. Yeah. Uh, Space uh, 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 Virgin Galactic. Again, I I think we if I'm guessing, I'm going to place my bet. Uh, we all agree, hooray for anyone paying anything for anything for a space-like experience. Um, having watched it, oh boy, uh, they, they did a fine job of covering up for a lot of lost uh, connection 
They had a thing where they're going to play a, 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 a what's what's a, 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 a Khalid Khalid DJ Khalid. No, there's no DJ. Uh, That's Khalid. Khalid. Yeah, Khalid had a new song. Uh-huh. Like the idea was they were going to go to space. Richard Branson was going to issue an awesome speech. Okay, a and new, then they were going to play new song. A new song. Under the Virgin label. Gotcha. And they were, uh, it didn't happen live. I am certain that they will edit it together and it will be awesome in, in, so, in so the press you, packages. So you watched the, the official Virgin stream. Live, as okay. it happened. Gotcha. As gotcha, it gotcha. happened. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and also. It was, get, it was getting a lot of coverage on like the 24-hour news networks and, and stuff like that. It was actually a bigger story than I thought it was going to be. Uh, yeah, yeah. Watching it live. um, uh, they they had technical challenges. I I I'm I, I'm feeling a lot of emotions, Andrew, and and I'm I'm not sure which ones should be the most dominant. Uh, I, obviously, actually, I take that back. The most dominant is hooray, yet another player, something something space. But but beyond that, like we actually have, there's there's a Sega Genesis now. There's a, a Super Nintendo. Uh, I, I feel like we saw a good TurboGrafx 16. Um, the Jaguar is going to be my my bet for yeah. the gaming console of the future. Right? Yeah. That, that's that's kind of how Neo I Neo Geo. Sorry, Neo Geo. Going yeah. all in on Neo Geo. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I Virgin's goals for this space uh, are, no pun intended, uh, uh, different than Bezos and Musk. Like, the, he, is, he is pretty transparently, at least at this point, there to do trips to space. That's kind of always been their goal and look he did a trip to space he went up uh, uh boy does it i mean I'm, I'm presuming that this was intentionally done uh, uh i don't know how long or what, what the schedules were but it sure does make bezos going into space in in the eight days uh, uh a little less special than it would have been if it were to happen before uh, uh, that for whatever reason is the thing that interests me the most is, is whatever interpersonal rivalries these, uh, uh, billionaires have. But, uh, you know, as far as it, it happening, that's great. I'm, I'm very excited to happen. And I'm, I'm more excited about the fact that, um, uh, uh, uh everything happened safely because, uh, uh, beyond the actual lives on board, I think the, the, the idea of man's relationship to space is, very important, and I'm glad everything was great. I, you know, there is the, there was the debate of like, well, where does space begin? And and that's somewhat of an arbitrary sort of thing. You can sort of say, as you can go, oh, where well, there's no atmosphere. Well, the International Space Station goes through atmosphere. You know, there's things, that's why they have the adjusted solar panels. And so you have that, well, where's the, the Carmen line and whatnot? And so that was... Uh, Blue Origin tweeted out an infographic like earlier in the week that was like explaining where space began. Yeah. Which was a little bit uh got, they got a lot of backlash. Yeah, they got a lot of backlash over that. And now, then uh, but Bezos congrats. Before before you share that with me, because I've not seen it, I will say, even as I was watching live, uh they 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 flew a plane up, they did a rocket thing up, uh there are human beings who can hold their breath as long as they were quote unquote in space. Um, the, uh, the actual height, I was surprised. Uh, what did they get to 150,000 feet? And then I, I've been on a plane enough times to know that that's five times 
higher than a plane. I'm like, that's space. All right. No, they're, they're t the highest altitude was 279,000 feet, which was, you know, roughly like eight times, eight, nine times height. Okay. All right. Okay. So this is, uh, jeez, oh, Louise. So they did, harsh. they did an out and out fact sheet here. <laughs> this is the, the Genesis versus the TurboGrafx-16. Compare the, oh compare the, the Blue Origin experience and it is blue text for the Blue Origin and red text for the Virgin Galactic. Flies above the Carmen line, internationally recognized uh, boundary of space. Blue Origin, yes. Virgin Galactic, no. Vehicle type rocket, uh, a Virgin Galactic high altitude airplane. Uh, uh, escape system. Uh, yes, there is one on Blue Origin. No, there's no escape system on the, the Virgin Galactic plane, which actually makes the Virgin Galactic plane sound more badass. Uh, flight history. Wow, that's petty. Wow, is that petty? But you want to know what? So it, 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 look, man, if, if you're doing this as a publicity stunt and somebody out publicity stunts you or does it earlier, like you just got to live with that. Yeah, so uh, Bezos then congratulated on Instagram and did his congratulations just because also like we're talking about Richard Branson, the guy's you know a global treasure and a hero. Publicity and machine. And yes, uh, yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's yeah. a Richard great, a great, Branson. a great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the world is richer for having a Richard Branson in it. So, and I I thought about this too because it was just and and I, and we to our listeners like we have gone on before about you know what a uh you know getting too excited about things that are just for rich people to take rich people tours into space isn't the most exciting thing about space um but it it does it does that money and effort to create a market early on does help later on virgin galactic using you know building upon the technology from 20 years ago that won the x prize has now created what appears to be a very reliable system that can get six minutes of weightlessness, which you can do a lot. Like, you know, those vomit comets are expensive. And even trying to do those charters, which you get a maximum of like 28 seconds, six minutes of weightlessness is a good experience for weightlessness. You can do a lot of testing under that. That's good. Uh, when Blue Origin, you know, the Blue Origin suborbital, it'll be cool because you also be able to do payloads and be able to do research on that. It'll go higher and have theoretically more weightlessness time. A lot of potential for research. It's going to be driven. We're going to, it's a tax. Look at these things. These are devices to tax rich, rich people to pay for making space cheaper for all of us. Right. And for science. Yeah. And right. also, uh, uh, look, we can, we can, you know, do whatever uh, uh, rolling of our eyes at uh, uh, whether or not that was really space or not. But if we all got text messages saying, Hey, I'm Richard Branson. Would you like to go for a ride on the Virgin Galactic space uh, uh, experience? We, we would, would all... instantly tweet, "I'm going to space." Yeah, exactly. So uh, uh, it would oh, be it would be are, awesome. Are we going on a Falcon Nine or a new Shepard at least? Because yeah. then I know. <laughs> Oh. No, we would do it. I mean, to have six minutes of weightlessness would be awesome, and 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 yeah. them opening that uh, uh, up is is great. It is uh, uh, it is very funny that. They have been slow playing this drum beat for, uh, for Blue Origin for now. 17 over, years. Well, I mean, it, in specific, if you look at the stuff that they've been releasing uh, uh, on, on all the Blue Origin social media channels, it is just like, oh, like 
here's Jeff Bezos in this very produced uh, reality show, like asking his brother if he'll go to space with him. And here's Jeff Bezos asking a, a woman who was a space pioneer, but never got to be an astronaut to go to space with him. And uh, like, this has been built up and built up as this massive public relations win. And then here comes Richard Branson on a jet ski, like saying, I'm going to space, mate. Look at this. And, you know, gosh darn it, if he didn't go out there and make a gigantic story about it, because guess who's really good at getting publicity more than Jeff Bezos? It's Richard my Branson, favorite, one of the best to ever do it. My favorite, uh, like there was a meme that came up yesterday. It was like, money can't buy happiness. And then it was Richard Branson. Or, or, and it was a Richard Branson kite surfing with a naked model on his back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so question came up, what does this do about space junk? You know, well... It's suborderable. This this is going to do nothing to contribute to space junk, you know, no more than what an airplane flight does because it doesn't have the velocity to get into orbit. So this doesn't contribute to that problem, doesn't make it an issue, whatever. In theory, the cheaper – we can't do much. We don't do much about trying to eliminate space junk right now, although it is a problem, is because it's really expensive – to to do that and so none of these crafts are capable of like removing it because they're all suborbital they can't get up to you know really do anything significant but when you start talking about spacex starship when you can reduce the cost to to you know dollars you know like you know 15 dollars per pound to put a vessel up there you could start building inexpensive mitigation techniques you could start building you know you know differs a lot of different strategies for figuring out how to get rid of it and you can start doing that. You can start doing things where you start putting things in paths to sort of try to clean stuff up, et cetera. Um, so is, is, is there a, 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 I don't know if you saw it, but uh, I seem to remember over the last week or so, there was a story about uh, uh, the BFR uh, being able to, like its fairing rather than blowing off to the side would go vertically to maximize its position so that as it floated around, it would catch as much just BS debris possible in sort of a space environmentalism uh phase yeah but it's the the altitude that they drop that thing off i don't know how much it would how much it would do because it's it's really they shed that pretty early on the the fairing for that um but i mean you but if you build and also that's that's a pricey rocket but if you build a starship that's got you know a system and there may be way better methods and you know that, that like inflatable because you, you know you think about like you could do inflatable kevlar bags or other sorts of ways to sort of you know capture stuff yeah i um, guess i guess what i'm remembering is this story from six days ago elon musk says spacex starship could chomp up space junk with the starship yeah you said yeah, the yeah. bfr well I, well I don't know what's uh, what's the difference isn't the starship the thing that goes on top of the bfr on its way to mars well there yeah yeah, well, it doesn't really have fairings. It has a. I mean, the, the, I thought you meant like the, uh, the, 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 the rocket that, which would be uh, the, the, the what, three what, booster what, one. What, yeah, whatever what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Is the Starship opens yeah. to release the payload was, uh, as I understood it, but, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but yeah, that definitely, yeah, using Starship for that, you know, totally, totally. Um. So you know that that's a possibility of building some sort of special thing that increases surface area. Um, you know, you have to sort of figure out like how to get into like different orbital paths, but cheap access to space. You know, somebody said space Roomba. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's going to be there. There was um, 
Uh, oh man, I'm going all the way back to like late eighties, uh, three, two, one contact magazine, uh, uh, for this, for this idea. But, but in the idea of cleaning up space junk, there were thoughts of sending up rockets that sort of just explode with a, a gentle foam that anything that hits it just becomes just a little bit more heavy and then falls down. And, uh, it would also land on satellites, but satellites are prepared for, you know, the possibility of needing to, you know, either adjust gyro or, or, or or chemical blast or whatever to, to adjust for orbit. Maybe, I mean, it it depends to like the velocity too, because you might just make a heavier object to do it, but you know, could be, I mean, the foam could, could make it with it impact something like, yeah, it could lessen the impact on it by distributing over a larger surface area. So, well, well, I guess the idea that, that as I understood is let's say you got a bolt flying around the world, uh, that's a troublemaker. So you, you create a, uh, I don't know, I'm making these numbers up, uh, you know, 20 miles by 20 miles cloud of just, uh, uh, uh foam. And then, uh, mm-hmm. uh, that same bolt comes and that bolt that might've gone for 16 years around the earth mm-hmm. is now just has enough mass that, that, it, that it falls down in two years instead. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you could, yeah, slow down the velocity of it. Yeah. There, I think, yeah. A lot of the, a lot of strategies to look into and that's, if you go, there's tons of papers on this stuff and all comes down to, but we need to get to space to try it. And yeah. right now we're sort of still spending, we're at the point where mitigation strategies aren't as cost effective as just putting stuff up there and hoping it doesn't get impacted. But we've seen, uh, you know, recently we've seen different, you know, we talked about when the shuttle went up, the reason they started flying the shuttle, they after the first mission they decided it would go it would orbit backwards you know engines first because when it came down there was a crack in the windshield wow like that's no good that's that's bad (laughs) it's almost like there was trouble with that program Mm. a little bit a little bit so uh congratulations to richard branson and i think i think this is only going to raise the attention with bezos does his thing next because it's like space summer you know it's the summer of space yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Any picks? Uh, yeah, I tricked my kids into watching Chef. The uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, John Iron Favreau. Man's friend. John yeah. Favreau. Uh, Iron Man's friend. That's what I'm gonna call him. Iron Man's want. friend. Uh, it. I, I, I was shocked at number one how long ago that movie was. Seven years. Uh, which means that my, uh, uh, of the two, my 13 year old was six. So of course she would have no memory of this. And, uh, I got them to start watching it, having no idea what it was about. And they're all like, okay, so I'm about cooking. And then very quickly you realize, oh, this movie's not about cooking. (laughs) And, uh, uh, they loved it. They loved it. It's delightful and joyful. It's bliss. It's awesome. It's charming. It's sweet. It's nice. It's kind. I love it. Uh, I never saw it. What? Yeah. Highly recommended. Mm. I- I'll sit and watch it again with you. Mm. But, but that's going to be one of those where it's like, it'll be an excuse to sit down and crack open a couple of beers and eat some Cubanos. And yeah. look at us. We're watching. <laughs> look, Jeff. we're watching hey. them eat and drink while we're eating and drinking. Yeah. It's like a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> His family. <laughs> family. Yeah, I don't know why everybody's making a big deal about Richard Branson going to space with Ludacris and Tyrese did it in Fast <laughs> 9 a week earlier. Um, <laughs> using the same method. <laughs> in a Pontiac yeah, Fiero. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, my, my pick will be I think you should leave 
I, I, I'm very excited that there was a second season. I'm very excited. It was as good as it was. Um, I, I just, my only hope is that they knew that they were going to need a season three quickly and they shot 12 episodes and they're releasing them as different seasons. Oh my God. I mean, first of all, that's, that's, the, only that's the other thing. What was it? Six episodes of 12 minutes each or something. It was a series it of was YouTube a videos. Breeze, <laughs> a breeze to get through. Yeah. So, uh, uh, more, more, more. Uh, I've got a pick. Yes. Um, if, if I can throw one in here, I, uh, end up catching this. What's up? Sorry, so we're sorry, just talking about back in class. Gambling, in the back gambling, of class. Gambling, water steaks, steaks, which is not correct. It's, it's sloppy, not, steaks. sloppy steaks. Uh, look, you can just order a steak and a glass of water, and you know, then you got to eat it real quick because they're going to kick you out. Bryce, please go ahead. Uh, my my pick. Uh, this baby doesn't think I can change. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Surprisingly, uh, my my pick for for this week is uh, the new Marvel film Black Widow. I thought this was a good fun dumb film i thought this was a really uh, someone we were talking someone was talking about it i think during a shoot that we had over the week or maybe it was some opinions about it but describing it as very mission impossible like uh, kind of the more recent mission possibles i guess uh and i see that a lot uh it's a cool action uh so you like this one because you 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 get a little uh, get, you get a little numbed out with with the marvel stuff in, i think part of why i really like this is because it's not a superhero movie like one of the characters has got action yeah one of the yeah, characters has yeah. some powers black widow is not that person and so i think that that loosened up a lot of it where they had to focus on it being a big spectacle a lot of big action set pieces and i think it worked out uh, worked out pretty well. And I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. I yeah. thought it was good. Um, I think the plot is is kind of if you if you put in uh, uh, an AI generator mm -hmm. uh, a bunch of Marvel plots and said <laughs> Black Widow movie colon it would just spit out that exact script. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, the cast I loved, and and I think that uh, Florence Pugh was a great. Uh, addition to the Marvel team, and uh, uh, I'm excited to see her go forward. Like halfway through the movie, because uh, 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 obviously this is taking place before, uh, uh, you know, other, where we other are in our timeline yeah. Yeah. In, in Marvel. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is yeah. introducing us to her because we're probably going to see more of her going forward. Um, and I was like, we're probably going to see time. less of you know who's he. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely because she died. Uh, also, <laughs> also, uh, I watched I watched this uh, via the Disney Plus Premier Access system. Yes, for buying buying a movie instead of going to the theater. Uh, I thought it was pretty easy to use. They take PayPal, so you could just oh boop 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 boop, and then you got it. Yeah, they actually released numbers on that. I think today. I think it was like eighty million in theaters and sixty million in in Disney Plus direct money, yeah, uh, wow. which is interesting because the big thing throughout the last year when uh, the studios were were going back and forth with the exhibitors about like, all right, well, in a post COVID world where y'all can't open legally, we need to start uh, futzing with some of these exclusivity windows, and we need to be releasing things that are that are outside of it. Uh, Disney being in the most secure position and having these these movies, Marvel movies specifically, I think was the big question of okay, well, what did what does Disney do? Um, 
I'm 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 curious curious to see where 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 we go with some of these uh, these conversations going forward because I also watched it at my house when a friend of ours uh, just texted me, "Hey, I'm an idiot and I bought uh, uh, I bought Black Widows." So since you're currently stealing my login for Disney Plus, <laughs> please feel free to watch it. I said I sent that same text to my parents. So <laughs> the circle of life. Uh, Angie, you got a pick. My pick is Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, hey! that's a great show. What, what got you watching Malcolm in the Middle again? Uh, my girlfriend finally watched all of like Seinfeld, and then we were looking at other. I'm like, like, well, you know, another great sitcom that like is underrated, but you look at just what it kind of how it pushed sort of the envelope. And it was this great sort of bridge between the '90s and the aughts. Yeah. So, um, watching that just fun, nice little 22 minute episodes. Yeah, very it's... bizarre prequel to Breaking Bad. It all makes sense, though. It really does. Though. Yeah, when you really think about it. Yeah. Uh, no, what an iconic show! Like just, just uh, uh, because I wonder, had there been a single camera comedy like that on primetime? I before before two thousand, because I, mm. I at least that was given. Well, I guess because like every everyone hates Chris comes after this. That was another single camera. Like like it really was, uh, uh, iconic for not only family comedy but also um just comedy in general in terms of of leading the way single camera wise. I'm looking at a list of single camera comedy shows. Uh, I mean, you get there, there's a history to that. Um. Bakersfield PD and but that you know so um I think that it but it was I don't know I, I thought the do you look at what I like about the show is like when you talk about like the you know the, the era of difficult men or the difficult the anti-heroes or the like they're bad like yeah. they're 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 awful you do not want these people as your neighbors you look at like how cruel they are and everything else you know um it's just but funny and likable and just a really great casting Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you you really cannot you cannot touch the casting of that show. So good. yeah, I see you mentioned the fourth wall breaking, which is definitely like proto the office, right? Where people would have interviews mm, and talk. I don't know. I was but, in third grade when I was watching Gary Shandling show uh, where where that was his whole bit, and he was getting criticized for yeah. talking to the camera constantly. And he's like, I don't understand what the big deal is. Oh, I the guess, news yeah. people talk to the camera. Why can't I do it? It's 1983. Yeah. No, I mean, it's not to say that it was not, you know, ever done, yeah. but, but certainly doing it in a family friendly show is, is, uh, you know, part of what made, gave it its charm. And I guess like Larry Sanders was a, was a, a, a single camera, uh, a single camera yeah, show. No, no laugh track. But well. also, that although, was also before. Yeah. Although, although this, yeah, the cinematography is is different. Like, like there, there's there's a difference to like what they do in Larry Sanders. Well, and then, and then I like guess if having, we're really going like, the back, very '90s. We can go back to late '70s. Spinal Tap is. Yeah, that's a that's a documentary though. I think we're talking about television. Yeah. Uh, or a mockumentary, yeah. as it were. But 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 yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah. Malcolm in the Middle rules. Secret world of Alex Mack. Oh, I loved, I loved that. Is that was that a comedy? Though? I mean, that was that was almost a drama. Secret world of Alex Mack. She turned into it's, she turned into into metallic goo. What? Secret world of Alex Mack. What? 
It was like, it was right. I'm, I'm just repurchase. What? what? <laughs> hey, Al, uh, gentlemen. Yep. It's been weird. Shit. The Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>